0: Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roni and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We have a really amazing guest on with us today. Her name is Donna Mazzola, and she is a doctor of pharmacology. She is also known as Autoimmune Girl on Instagram. And she is the author of the book Immunity Food Fix. And what we're going to talk about today is kind of this culture that we're going into where people are scared of food. We're, we're realizing I'm sick, I have an autoimmune disease. Now what foods do I eliminate? And people kind of they get a little bit frantic about eliminating everything because they become fearful of food. And then that fear kind of triggers more inflammation. And then there's just this frenetic energy, like which diet is better, autoimmune paleo or keto, or no, you need to be carnivore because plants are killing you. I mean, I don't know if anyone's heard that, but I, I keep seeing that all over Instagram and the internet. And I'm like, oh my gosh. No wonder people are so traumatized by food because all these quote unquote experts are all yelling at each other, saying each other is wrong. And then everyone else is just kind of drowning in the ocean saying, well, where do I go? What is safe? And what food should I be eating to heal my body? So we have an expert on to help you guys unpack that and to help kind of cut through all that anxiety around the information that is out there. So Donna, welcome. Thank you for your time. Please tell guests about who you are, what you've studied and how you got here, because you have an autoimmune story as well. So let us let everyone know just how amazing you are. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. So, yeah, I mean, you touched on it a little bit. My initial educational
1: background is in pharmacy. So I have a doctor in pharmacy. i have trained essentially the conventional way. And I went through patient practice realizing that there was such a gap in care that nobody was addressing nutrition or lifestyle, right? Like everybody's just prescribed a medication and on their way. And there was none of that education that was provided to patients. And it was really hard for me. Like as I was talking to patients with diabetes that didn't understand what a carbohydrate was, I mean, fundamental concepts that you would think should have been educated and communicated were not. And it wasn't until 2015 when I was personally diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's, that This really went full circle for me, and I was like, Okay, I understand lifestyle and diet as it relates to the common chronic conditions, but I have no concept of what that means when it relates to our immune system, Mm -hmm. autoimmune disease development. I mean, it was like a whole new world, and this is nothing that's provided in conventional medicine training. Like, a lot of times when people tell me, oh, my rheumatologist said, I can't do anything about my diet. And I'm like, Mm. I get that that's frustrating, but also recognizing that they have zero education in that space. Like that's not part of the medical establishment. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I took it upon myself to go back to school. I'm like, I need to learn this to help myself. And that was really my only goal. It wasn't because I didn't know what to trust. There wasn't a lot of information yet out there. Um, You know, there's bits and pieces, a lot of opinions. So I was like, I need something reputable that yeah. I can follow, and so I'm like, of course, I'm going to go all the way and get a master's degree to become, of course, so to <laughs> myself with my disease, and uh-huh. that's what I did. So I went to school to get a master's degree in human nutrition and functional medicine to really, really? understand the root cause of why this happened to me mm-hmm. and what I can do to heal myself. Um, you know, through this process, recognizing that this is a progressive disease, and in that process, I started Doctor Autoimmune Girl because I realized. My gosh, I am learning. This is like fascinating. Everything I'm learning, I can help so many people if yeah. I put this out there into the universe. And so, what's the best platform for me to do that? And I went on Instagram and it started there and it, you yeah. know, went to Facebook and then a blog and, you know, and Amazing. it just grew organically because the knowledge I share is. It's reputable. That's what I stand behind. It's backed by science mm-hmm. always. I don't provide my opinion. I'm providing you facts. Yeah. And it's facts related to nutrition and lifestyle. Right? It's not necessarily just facts related to medication. And realizing there is data out there. This stuff is studied. It is reputable. It's not voodoo medicine. There's
0: actual science behind it. That's kind of the goal of my platform. One of our other guests that we spoke with, he is a psychiatrist, I think. Um, And he said that if you're a psychiatrist and counseling people about mental health and you're not incorporating nutrition, you are not up to date with the science because food does change your body chemistry. Food will change how your brain functions. Food will exacerbate your symptoms. And so when he said that, that was just like, like truth bomb right there, right? Like there is science to back up that food will make or break you. Right? Like the power. And aside from
2: the science, is like as you started learning that stuff, did you notice a difference in how your body felt? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm like a walking experiment too. So i a functional medicine provider that was
1: like, I could check in with her like every two, three months, order labs. And so I would make changes (laughs) and I would back that by my labs. So Mm -hmm. like my antibodies, which is a reflection of the inflammation in your body, right? Like antibodies that reflective of the attack going on on my thyroid mm-hmm. i remember implementing and i just pulled this smoothie together i was like okay based on this benefit and this benefit and this i'm gonna put all these ingredients in the smoothie and i'm gonna drink it for the next two months amazing and like my antibodies dropped threefold amazing I mean, they were greater than a thousand but you didn't even know what the number was mm-hmm. and then they dropped to you know i think it was around four or five hundred and i mean that's been a continuous but like i was like ah see it yeah. works so yeah, uh, yeah, I don't. It does I, work. That's I how I feel for sure. But mm-hmm. I'm also like a scientist, so I, I want to
0: <laughs> exactly I'm, I'm <laughs> a walking experiment constantly. You know, it's funny. I I had Graves' disease and I reversed it purely with diet. I didn't take a single medication, even though like my nurse practitioner was like, uh, "You're probably gonna die," but I'm gonna allow this. <laughs> I was like, "Give me a few months. I'm gonna figure this out." I read all the books because I'm like, I know. Like I got myself here with, like, poor nutrition and stress, surely I can reverse it, right? And so, like, it's amazing that, you know, if we just figure out which buttons to push, which foods to eat, you know, like, the body is designed to heal itself. Tell us a little bit more about your book, and let's, like, start going into, like, the nitty-gritty about... First, let's talk about what autoimmune diseases are. I mean, most listeners are... Our listeners are really intelligent, and they do a lot of research, and so most of them probably know, but Tell us about that, and to preface like, okay, how do we eat, and what foods should we be eating, and what should we be researching and looking out for?
1: Yeah, so, and it's funny because I'm going to kind of go through this in the same way I lay it out in my book, mm-hmm. and that's really the first step to understanding what autoimmune disease is is to understand the immune system and yes. how it works. Yes um, and very frequently, I found we don't understand it, and many people don't and so We talk about inflammation, for instance, as a bad thing, which it's not technically, Mm -hmm. right? So our immune system is there to protect us. And an inflammatory response is a response to a foreign pathogen or invader in the body. So you want your immune system to recognize that there's something negative that it needs to then remove. Mm -hmm. That's the perfect response. But then the immune system should shut down after that. Unfortunately, in the day and age that we live, that's not occurring. Like That immune process is never turning off. So we have several, quote, pathogens or foreign invaders, whether it be our environment, toxins that we're exposed to in the air we breathe, in the products we use, the foods that we eat, the chemicals that are used on our foods, the processing, the excess sugar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? The list goes on when we think about our Western lifestyle, and that's like a constant assault on our immune system. So our immune system is responding as it should. Mm -hmm. It's we're not doing our part to stop that constant response, that chronic inflammatory response that's always going on. So we have it always turned on. And so your immune system always turned on. And therefore, as a result, what ends up happening And there's several different mechanisms that lead to the development of autoimmunity, which I don't know if we want to get into all of them, but there's referred to as the bystander effect, which occurs frequently after viral infections, where there's that response to the virus isn't turned off and it Mm. recognizes a self-tissue where that it then attacks. You know, and so that's why we know that viral infections are key cause or could be a key cause. Of autoimmune disorder development. Mm. Um, but others is just really that whole like loss of tolerance of our immune system. And so, like I said, this constant attack on our immune system, this constant chronic inflammatory response, and our body's inability to self regulate that. And therefore, you do get that attack on specific organs. So, I always yes. tell people it's not about like people say, well, what should I eat if I have RA or if I have Hashimoto's or if I have MS? Honestly, it's all the same. So instead of looking at it as an end organ disease, we want to look at it as an immune dysregulation that's occurring. So, how do we target the immune system and work from the
0: bottom up Mm -hmm. to then heal or protect that organ from that constant attack and that inflammatory process? I love that. I always say we have to look upstream, right? Look upstream to the immune system, not where the immune system is attacking. Can I ask you, while we're talking about the immune system, uh, we had Kiran Krishnan on the podcast. He's like the head researcher at Microbiome Labs. And a lot of research also talks about how like 70 to 80% of the immune system is the microbiome and the massive amount of antibiotics. I read somewhere that the average American has used about 30 rounds of antibiotics in their life. That's insane to me you know, and I remember it was a year and a half ago, I changed all my intake paperwork to ask how many antibiotics did you take as a kid, as a baby, as a teenager, as an adult? And I saw nine out of 10 times people that were coming to me had excessive amount of antibiotic use. I'm like, no wonder you're sitting in front of me, you know, with health issues because 70% of your immune system is completely trashed. Could you shed some light on what you have seen in your research around Like what he said is the microbiome is the eyes and the ears to your immune system, right? Like they kind of take in data and whatnot. And now we are depleting our microbiome with all these antibiotics and we're passing that on to our children, right? We have these depleted microbiomes and it's like passing on half an organ, right? So now they have depleted microbiome and now they have food allergies and food sensitivities and immune allergies and all of these things. So is there anything else that you could add to that for listeners today?
1: Yeah. So I mean, when you talk about antibiotics, here's what the key is like, you're kind of born with a clean slate, right? And so then what do we do? So we know, for instance, like breastfeeding versus formula fed infants, breastfeeding in and of itself is probably one of the greatest supplies of bifidobacteria, which is a key bacteria in regulating our immune system. Mm -hmm. Like That's a key bacteria that increases our T-reg cells that keeps things in balance. Like it starts right there, you know, like breastfed versus formula fed. I look at that as a first indicator. And so from there, everything that we expose, we are exposed to, whether it's antibiotics as an infant, as a child, year after year, we're depleting that good bacteria. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there have been a lot of studies and it depends on the type of bacteria but some you can't even replenish that bacteria in your gut for up to four years. Yeah. Once you've depleted it and some, you can yeah. never get back at all. Yeah. So you're like mm-hmm. evolutionary wise we're destroying mm-hmm. and like, we can't get some of it back. Yeah. So yeah, it's extinct. We're seeing, it's gone Especially like this generation, mm-hmm. my kids' generation. I mean, fortunately, my kids don't have any food allergies. Yeah. But in their classroom, I know it's I mean, we didn't have the kids allergy. have like no, epipens mm-hmm. having an allergy, you know, like yeah. anything was allowed in class. And now it's not like that. Yeah. And it's quite sad. But you're right. It's the evolution of what we've done to our microbiome. Mm-hmm. We can't get it back. No. And it's like almost disastrous. Mm-hmm. But as a result of that, absolutely it's impacted our immune system. It's decreased our oral tolerance. We're seeing a rise in allergies as a result. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the effect of what we've done environmentally yeah. from a food standpoint. It's
0: yeah. quite sad. So let's say listeners are listening right now. And I mean, so many women have Hashimoto's. It's insane. It, so people that are listening, they have an autoimmune disease and they are just trying to figure out what am I supposed to eat? Everyone is saying this and everyone is saying the other person. Where would someone start to learn about, other than like buying your book, what's your opinion and your take on, hey, this is how you should be eating? So it's, first of all, I want to say it's very patient-specific. Yeah, um, you
1: can't say that one diet is going to work for everybody. No. No. However, mm-hmm. I will say you have to assess your baseline. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have to assess our baseline in the same manner. Yeah. And the gold standard to do that, yes, there are tests out there that allow you to assess for food allergens, but the problem with a lot of those tests is they're measuring this IgG response. And if you already have a broken microbiome like your mm. gut wall is open right there's you got all these holes and and things are flowing back and forth into your bloodstream activating mm-hmm. your immune system and generating antibodies against those the foods you eat most commonly it's are going to show up on yes, the list yes and it doesn't mean that you have an allergy to that it just means you mm-hmm. eat them a lot mm-hmm. and because your immune system is already upregulated and you have this leaky gut going on you're developing yes. antibodies to everything you eat so it's hard to pinpoint yes what's the real culprit? So I always tell people like, don't waste your money on them because I'm so
0: glad you said that. I'm so glad (laughs) because I've been seeing that forever. And okay, keep going, keep going. This makes me so happy. Everyone, please (laughs) rewind two minutes back and just re-listen to everything Donna said over and over (laughs) and over. Keep going, Donna.
2: Love it For everyone who is
0: thinking they're going to cure their issues with Everly Well. <laughs> because everyone, everyone right. does food testing and then they cut out everything and they're traumatized. Like yeah. it literally creates yeah, so much right. stress. There's no point. You're just going to be stressed out. And then what do
1: yes. you do? Like, so then how long do you cut it out for? And like, they no give right. guidance. They just give you these reports that are it's just yep. disastrous. So yes. don't do those tests. The gold standard ultimately is an elimination diet. Yes. Mm. Yes. I mean, Four weeks.
0: It's not, and everyone's everybody. like, oh, Everyone's like, Can't I just do the lab. <laughs> yeah. I know, right. I, mean, I know. Everybody wants. The it's like, work. sorry, you have to what? cut out your favorite foods for like. Okay, I keep going, keep going. I want to hear what you have to say. About yeah, this.
1: you got to, you got to eliminate the mm. inflammatory foods that we've identified can create an inflammatory process. So mm-hmm. for some people, so the key main inflammatory foods I would say for majority, like that you want to look at are gluten, dairy. Mm. Processed soy, because 99% of soy in the United States is processed. Um, uh-huh. Greens, corn, and then for some people, legumes mm-hmm. are a problem, mm-hmm. but not for everybody. But essentially, what would be key is to eliminate all these. This includes alcohol and this includes sugar. Um, and approaching it like this is temporary yes. i'm not saying you have to eat like this forever yeah so if you start with that mindset yes. then you're likely yes. to be successful and to complete it yes um recognizing that there is an end in sight and then something is going to be uncovered as a result of this so yeah. we remove these foods the half-life of igg antibodies is about three weeks so it takes a. why we say four weeks is it does take about three weeks to reduce those antibody levels mm-hmm. once you remove those foods so yeah. you have an additional a week there and then you start reintroducing all those inflammatory foods that you're removed and your body's going to react mm-hmm. if you have a sensitivity i guarantee you it's going to react mm-hmm. if you don't have a sensitivity then that alarms you okay that's a food that i can tolerate yes but not to say that eventually down the road you wouldn't be able to reincorporate all of these foods potentially right if you know in moderation if you were able to heal your gut wall Mm -hmm. because it comes back down to the fact that this is what your gut wall should look like Mm -hmm. it should be porous enough to allow you to absorb the nutrients but it it should have being a wall is exactly what it should be it should be that wall that stops any of that food that shouldn't be going into your bloodstream triggering a response from doing so so once we can heal our gut we can increase our ratio of our good to bad bacteria yeah. most people have that dysbiosis then we can start incorporating food and seeing how our body reacts mm-hmm. and you're going to know right away just within a day you're going to know immediately you can you, can you share goes. some
2: of those things people want to
1: look out for Yeah. So like symptoms of like, I mean, most of it's gastric distress, but for some people it could be simple. It could be fatigue, something Mm -hmm. you're not even thinking about, but I mean, like your typical bloating, diarrhea, gas, you know, those are your typical like, Oh, okay. There's GI, something going on in the gut. But for others, it could just be like severe fatigue. Like you eat gluten and you're just Mm -hmm. on the couch. You can not open your eyes anymore. Like that happens to my husband. He eats it and he's like, His eyes are closing as soon as he eats it. I'm like, oh, that's not good, right? Yes. So, that right there is an inflammatory response. That's your body.
0: Your body's telling you. You got to be in tune with your body. Your body's telling you when something's not reacting right. Right. How about Um, the delayed onset of that reaction? Like, because some people are like, oh, I don't notice anything today, but it's like they wake up the next day and they can't wake up, right? Like, people need to be mindful of that too, right?
1: Absolutely. And it yeah. can take right. It can take like mm-hmm. typically we do these reintroductions over one to three days because mm-hmm. that's how long it can take. Yeah. Right. To, to see that response. And then also to kind of once you stop eating it to kind of like let the gut wall regenerate itself because it regenerates yes. very quickly. Yes. Um, Those cells do. So, yeah, you absolutely can have a delayed response. Cool.
0: Okay. So, so I love, it's so funny. My intake, like, ah, Donna, you're speaking my language, my, 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 my forms that I say, the foods to cut out, gluten, dairy, corn, soy, sugar, peanuts. Like that's where we start. And you like mentioned almost all of those, you added legumes there. but I was just like, oh my gosh, we're on the same page. So how about these people that have so many food allergies and sensitivities like they can't even because when you cut out those foods that leaves fruits vegetables healthy fats and proteins right so very much a paleolithic diet you didn't even mention autoimmune paleo because that would have cut out all legumes and eggs correct that's aip so so you're leaving in eggs there and you said sometimes people can't handle legumes um what about these people that can't even handle vegetables like they eat like and even when it's like I cook them, I steam them, and I'm still bloated and gassy. Like they have such severe dysbiosis and like leaky gut that like they have to eat white rice all day long. What yeah. what are what are your thoughts about that? I mean, I
1: first of all, I we say four weeks, but sometimes it can take a lot longer. Mm. So that's not like that's the gold standard for many, you know, it's almost like just eye opening to see where you're at, like Mm -hmm. I said, assessing your baseline. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, for those people, the question is, have you removed all inflammatory foods first Mm -hmm. and now you're eating vegetables and can't tolerate it? Like we have to give it time, time, you know, so if the symptoms you're experiencing are just gi upset like Mm -hmm. bloating and things like that we have to give it time and to allow our gut to heal to allow the antibody response to decrease i love that right um and and to kind of seal and heal the gut um, lining Mm -hmm. so that our body is not reacting in that way because we know your vegetables are not inflammatory foods but there's an inflammatory process going on that that we're trying to tame and yes. so your body's reacting to everything regardless. you to getting something. So we're going to remove the inflammatory foods, not the anti inflammatory foods. Mm-hmm. So if we could actually incorporate foods that we know are anti inflammatory, that's also beneficial. So at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you want to create that balance between inflammatory and anti inflammatory. And you want to decrease
0: that inflammatory response, mm-hmm. which is causing the immune dysregulation at its core. Okay. And so um, one thing I also want to mention to people is a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, well, I, I cut out everything, but then I had a little bit of gluten, but it was only a little bit. And so I'm still on day seven of my elimination diet. Can you talk about that? Because, because as soon as you introduce that food, the immune system is in like full rev mode, right? Like it's like you, even though it was a little bit of gluten and a little bit of contamination, like your immune system doesn't care. It marked it. It's pissed, Correct.
1: Exactly. And again, like going back to like visualizing the fact mm-hmm. that you have this, you have like these holes in your gut, yeah. right? That's allowing, and you're trying to close that off, yeah. you're trying to seal your gut, you're trying to heal it. Mm-hmm. So if you keep putting... Even if it's the tiniest amount, you keep yeah. putting the culprit back in there. It's going to break down that wall again. You're never going to get it sealed. So you you can't cheat. <laughs> it yes. Doesn't work that way. Yes. Um, again, it starts with that mindset. Recognizing I can't cheat because mm-hmm. um, you know I have to give it time. I need at least thinking about the science. I need at least three weeks to reduce that antibody response. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to follow this to a T and recognizing yes, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think. That education up front is super important yes. to, just to explain the why mm-hmm. that you have to do this, the why behind why you can't cheat on this diet. Right. Eliminated, that have to be eliminated the entire time. And the second you reintroduce it, you just, you upregulate the immune system again, because mm-hmm. then it, that gluten seeps into the immune system. Again, you have a foreign pathogen you, that you already, right? Like there's a hypersensitivity to it. Your immune system rubs up and attacks. You have
0: these inflammatory cytokines released and now you're feeling like crap again. Some other things, um, we spoke with uh, Kelly Clark last week about pots and pans and, you know, cross-contamination with pots and pans and even eating at restaurants, you know, if you're eating at a restaurant, it was like, oh, it was only rice and beans. There's probably contamination there. Like you can, and also inflammatory oils, like, you know, eating out, even, even though it's convenient, like they're not using the best ingredients. They're not using the best products. Like there's probably gluten and dairy and like, let's be honest, MSG, like, all up in that grill, right? So, like, yeah. be really mindful. If you're doing an elimination diet, you probably can't eat out unless they're like, this is a purely gluten, dairy, corn free facility. And I don't know of any it's places like that. Well, oh.
2: we're like in, in San Diego and where it's very gluten free, allergen kind of friendly city, but you go to places and they'll mark on the menu what is gluten free. And if they didn't mark it, you would think, oh, this entire menu is gluten free, like, everything mm-hmm. is gluten free items. But then when you actually look at what they mark on the menu, it's like two items that they're like, no, yeah. these are actually the only ones that we can really say are gluten-free. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, how do they sneak gluten into all of these dishes right. that actually
0: look gluten-free? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Eating out is tough. <laughs> but being sick is tougher, right? Like, it's it tough, is, right? but it's yeah. like, pick so your like, hard.
1: <laughs> Going back to realizing, like, it's temporary. I can plan ahead and focus on not eating out for weeks mm-hmm. at least. Right. To see how you feel, because what I tell people is once you feel good, you're not going to want to feel bad. No, exactly. So I can tell you all day long that these foods are, you know, this is what you need to eliminate and you're going to feel better. But until you do a full elimination diet and you put in the time and you realize the impact of it and how it makes you feel, that's the only way that you're going to be consistent and successful, because I can say it. It doesn't mean anything if I say
0: it. Right. We had Dr. Meg Mills on the podcast like a couple months ago, and she even said like sometimes because she was talking about migraines and headaches. And she said sometimes you have to eliminate the food for three months to get all those IgG antibodies out. Like she says, like their half life is, you know, it can sometimes take up to three months. And so one month seems super doable. And a lot of people will notice a difference within one month. So start there. And for those more extreme cases, maybe like maybe three months or, you know, do you do you do consults or classes or anything like that? Because I was like, or they can consult with you. (laughs) I actually have a gut healing protocol that I developed Mm -hmm. on my website. And
1: we focus on a month Mm -hmm. because that's likely, like you said, majority will probably benefit from that 30 days. But yes, depending on how dysregulated your immune system is and how bad it is. Yeah, it certainly can take longer. You know, it depends on how long that assault has been going on, like how poor your diet was before, but Mm -hmm. we're trying to gauge a baseline. But in that, I also include just key supplements Mm -hmm. to facilitate healing um, or just key things like aloe vera, for instance, like Mm -hmm. things that we know help to replenish and help to restore our gut lining in that. So to try to accelerate it
2: over a four week period, but incorporating yeah, with things with the time points. With the aloe vera, can people just do the food source, the juice, or do they need to do supplement? What do you suggest that?
1: Oh, no. I totally want to go get aloe vera leaf and cut it. Yeah, that's that, rad. Blend it and drink it daily. Yeah. Perfect. Just like,
2: no, let's try so to use with it the, When you do that, bread. doesn't that still have the, the stuff that has the laxative effect when you get the whole aloe vera plant? Or no, it doesn't? I mean, I thought it did. No, I mean, I haven't personally experienced it
1: and I haven't. Oh. That anyway. Okay, good. Like, it, it, it also depends on quantities that you're using, right? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So, and the concentration of it as well. So, if you're blending, you know, on an inch leaf into eight or 10 ounces and drinking that, then it, it's not an overly concentrated amount that can lead to that kind of laxative effect.
0: So, let's say people cut out these most common allergenic foods. Is there and they're not seeing super amazing results is there like a second tier like citrus and nightshades and you know uh, what, is, is there another thing that you would say okay let's try this second tier yeah of
1: course Eggs. like so your initial approach to it doesn't eliminate legumes like let's start there mm-hmm. as an example um, but some people can't tolerate that you know yeah. the lectins and legumes can kind of break down your gut barrier mm-hmm. so for some so if I had provided elimination diet, I didn't exclude those and people were still eating and like, oh, I still feel terrible. Okay, then let's remove those. Mm-hmm. Then yes, absolutely. Looking at nightshade vegetables that, you know, are some have a difficult time breaking down mm-hmm. things like tomatoes, eggplants, onion, garlic, right? Like, yes, maybe we need to eliminate those for a time being and see if that's the case. But again, you have to be patient. I think that's yes. the biggest challenge is like, okay, I'm doing this for four weeks. And then I don't see a response. Yeah. And then people are like. Forget it. This doesn't work. Well, no. Like now, let's try to take these things out. You know, and so Mm -hmm. I guess my advice would be like you have to trust the process totally, and you just got to give it time. Like as you said, uh, how many years were we eating and taking antibiotics and disrupting our gut? Decades, literally decades. (laughs) Right. We've been doing this for thirty years, Mm -hmm. and now we expect in a month we're going to
0: be better. No, I mean that's not going to happen and now we have to like reverse damage. Yeah. We need to like, get rid of that idea of there's a quick fix. And it's like, no, we actually heal in mother nature's timeline and mother nature is slow and deliberate. Right. Like these things like to regenerate tissues and to heal mitochondrial function, you know, going down to the very basic cellular, cellular level. Yeah. That's going to, take, and and, and I want to share something because a lot of times uh, like my clients, they'll come in, they change their diet because they're coming in for like hormones and, you know, like skin and hair and, you know, libido and, you know, weight gain and whatnot. And, and that's all hormonal stuff to me. I'm like, that's last priority. And they'll be like, well, I changed my diet, but none of that's changing. And I'm like, okay, how's your energy? Oh, it's better. It's it's, I'm like, okay, cellular, that's there. That's mitochondrial function. Like, Things are working, but it's not in the priority that you're creating because we want like the external appeal to be like, oh, look how good I look, right? And the body's like, no, let's work on the energetic functions first. And so, even though you might not see the results in your hair, skin, nails, and energy, nix that, but you might not see it in your hair, skin, and nails, but you might see it in like, oh, I'm not stuck in bed all day, or oh, I don't have as much brain fog anymore, and I have more energy. And instead of you know, walking, I can now go for a light jog, you know? So, so just let the body like give it time at least three to six months. Right. And -hmm. I, I love that you're saying that because I, I do
1: highlight that in my book, the fact that we are the organism, right. But before we get to us as a complete human being, you have to start at the cell yes. and groups of cells together, make up our tissues. Mm-hmm. Then those tissues together, make up an organs, mm-hmm. then organs collectively make up the organ system. Mm-hmm. Then it makes, it leads to us as a human being, the organism. Yep. So like you're talking energy, think about how many levels down we had to go for the cellular level yeah. to now we're providing the nutrients it actually needs to function. Like yeah. our cells are regenerating we're providing our body with antioxidants from the food so that there isn't that cellular damage. Mm-hmm. Now give it time to rebuild, like rebuild yeah. that tissue and then rebuild, regenerate that
0: organ. And that organ system now is communicating and working together. Or even like clear now- out the rubble from all the damage that's been happening. Like it has to do damage control and it has to clean up shop before it can actually heal itself, right? Like, so, yeah. so let it do all those things. I love that you're saying that. Um, Can we get your opinions on the different types of elimination diets like keto and, um, you know, carnivore um, AIP because you sound like you're very paleo slash autoimmune paleo um, centered, you know, so you so I don't see you in the team of like demonizing vegetables and vegetables are killing us with all their phytic acid and oxalates and lectins, like, you know what I mean? She might like, be, though. She might be. I don't know. Maybe I, I not Did I misread you? <laughs> Maybe let her answer first, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> so what is, what is your opinion on oh, all of this?
2: Gosh. <laughs> yes. So you
1: are right. I am pro-vegetable and plant. Oh, good. good. I'm also not, like, vegan mm-hmm. or, you know, vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I'm not anti-animal protein. Um... But I recognize the need, like the phytochemicals that are present in plants. I mean, it's like magical. It's magic. I mean, you think about like the nutrient content, but Mm -hmm. then that phytochemical component from those secondary metabolisms. Like the way I explain it to people is think about how that plant survives out there, right? Like it goes through the winter, it regenerates itself, it comes back. Like it has these phytochemicals that fight off insects, that fight Mm -hmm. off... Whatever may be like fungus that could ultimately break it down and kill it off, and it produces this fruit. That secondary metabolism then is what benefits us. Mm -hmm. So, like, we benefit from those phytochemicals that the plants have within them. And the synergies of how they work together is really true, the magic behind plants. So, my stance is like, you should be eating nine to 12 servings a day. Plants. So, that doesn't just include like fruits and vegetables, like, plants are oils and seeds and nuts. Mm-hmm. And this is all plant-based foods, herbs like drinking tea, like all of that encompasses plants. Mm-hmm. Looking at like keto and carnivore where you're limit And again, it also includes grains, right? Grains are are plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, things like, like seeds, like, okay, quinoa is actually, right? Like there's an abundance of nutrients that are involved in that. Mm-hmm. Now looking at keto and carnivore, the reason the biggest reason I'm against those diets is because of the disruption on the gut microbiome that results from eating those diets and eating them for an extended period of time. And I'll give you an example. Like I have a friend that's been keto for five years Mm -hmm. and initially she's like, I feel great. And this is the best diet ever. And my stomach doesn't bother me. And and despite everything that I said, it was like, no, nope, I'm doing good on this. And the diet included like high dairy content. Again, we just talked about that being inflammatory in yeah. nature. Diet included high amounts of like sugar alcohols, yes. right? In order to still enjoy sweets. like yeah. Or you could just say nature's like sweets, mm-hmm. right? Um, as a result now, we fast forward even like three years in, she's reaching out like, how can I test my gut? Like I've been feeling mm-hmm. horrible. I mean, complete dysbiosis going on. I, it's just awful because that amount of time, like you're putting no fiber in your body. You're not yeah. providing your microbiome, yeah, you know, the, the nutrients yep. it needs in order to thrive. So like you're, so just like you took antibiotics, going keto for extended period, you're also killing off your microbiome right. that way too. And so now you have to work to replenish that and fix that, again, that damage yes. that's been done. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Not to mention like, The high red meat content that a lot of people consume, which I'm not going to demonize red meat. But again, like just like I talked about soy, where majority is processed, majority of our meat in the United States is inflammatory in nature. It's highly inflammatory, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it just goes back to that. Like you think about keto where people are consuming high amounts of red meat. They're consuming high amounts of dairy all these things that we've just said are so inflammatory and Mm -hmm. then they're providing their body with no fiber, none of those nutrients from plants, from fruits. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Like I Mm -hmm. try to think about like what's happening now in the body as a result of this.
2: And it's just, it blows my mind. Like I can't imagine. I think one thing that you can't argue too, is like when you look up like studies where they show the numbers of advanced glycation end products that are produced from different foods and you look at things like, plants and vegetables and, and you're around like 20s and 50s you know and, and that's what really damages our cells right like that's what becomes carcinogenic is these advanced glycation end products and then you look at meats and meats are in like the thousands like 7000 10000 15000 and so if you're just eating foods that create these damaging compounds i do think it's important to eat some meat but if we're not combating the bad effects of the mm-hmm. advanced glycation end products with the vegetables like you said like then you're just, you can't like deny yeah. the numbers when people yeah. are like, well, it's fine. If you just eat meat, it's not that inflammatory, but like you can actually see the numbers that are produced right. that create inflammation. Right. I actually got a reference. I pulled out this study that I talked about on the keto diet and they actually measured
1: from keto diet consumption, the gut microbiota remodeling. And they specifically looked at bifidobacterium and lactobacillus and they found like their bifidobacterium dropped from 10,000 microbes to 120 and lactobacillus from 8,000 microbes to
0: 225. Yeah. So like you're creating this environment where the good bacteria it just can't survive. Yeah. And you know how you're saying with the microbiome, you know, if we eat variety, variety creates more variety in your microbiome. We're supposed to have like over 2000 types of species. And research shows that the more variety you eat, the more variety you have in your microbiome. And so I say when you're eating plants, you're eating for two because you are giving yourself like the vitamins and minerals and the sugars from the plants, but then you're feeding your microbiome, the fiber. We can't digest fiber, but the microbiome can. And so we have to have this symbiotic relationship with our microbiome, right? Because it's 70 to 80% our immune system. So when you are eating plants, not only are you nourishing your body, but you're nourishing your microbiome to then in turn nourish your immune system so why wouldn't you do that right yeah i mean there's like so many levels like there's the fiber
1: component of it but then like i said and then there's the micronutrients that are coming from our plants like that again goes back to the cellular mm-hmm. level like your cells need those to function totally but then you have like all the phytochemicals from the carotenoids to the phenolics and mm-hmm. the alkaloids i mean breaking down the effects of every one of those i mean oh my gosh, it's 5, amazing Thousand 000 phytochemicals and plants yeah and we don't even know what they do right we just don't right. but as long as we combine them in their synergies like you said there is a true benefit to that
0: you, you gotta feel it you gotta you gotta experience that i guess that's yes. how i like to put it. Yes. Well, Donna, this has been phenomenal. How do people uh, get a hold of you and reach you? Like, you have your book, and you mentioned that you have a one month course. Is that correct on how to heal your gut?
1: I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I have um, on my website, drautoimmunegirl.com, you can find the gut protocol that I talked about. um, That, yes, it gives a four week program. Really, number one, because I'm big on this, give us the science behind the why. Mm -hmm. So let's understand why we're doing this and why we're eliminating these things. What's the process behind all that for our gut? Mm -hmm. So you have a true understanding because I feel like then you'll commit. And then it breaks it week by week where each week we incorporate certain supplements at certain time points that are most important to regenerate the gut in over that four week period, but provides a week long recipe, shopping list. I mean, it's great. I've done it multiple times that I tell people the one time I did it. And then again, like I said, I'm a walking experiment. I did a gut dysbiosis test and, it was like near perfect. I was, I was like blown Amazing. away. I am, I'll send it on my page, but it was like, wow, this works, you know, yeah. um, you just got to do it right. Yeah. And then of course I have my book, the immunity food fix, which really everything we talked about today, I mean, I can only touch on the immune mm-hmm. system and like, as we're talking verbally, but it's all laid out in there again, upfront explains the immune system the right way. I think in this whole pandemic, all the talk about the immune system has just driven me crazy. I'm like, nobody understands it. Nobody yeah. really understands the immune system. So let's start there. Yes. Then understanding like what we're doing to disrupt that, why and how that's happening. But then like, I have a hundred foods that I go through the science behind every single one of them. Amazing. It's backed by 150 references wow. that truly tells you this is the mechanism of how this impacts your gut, how this impacts your immune system you know, how this reduces inflammation and ultimately prevents disease. And it just gives you kind of the background. Like, here's what you
0: need to know. Like, arm yourself
1: with the knowledge and then now you can take control of your health. I love that.
0: There's a lot of people that have asked me, can Hashimoto's be reversed? And what would your answer be to that?
1: I would say it depends. Mm -hmm. It depends on when we caught it. Unfortunately, like statistics have shown takes about eight to 10 years before somebody truly gets diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And in that time, because providers do not check antibody levels, they simply check a TSH Mm -hmm. and your body is like constantly working to like reverse the effects that it's being attacked. So it's compensating for itself. So like your levels appear normal. Mm -hmm. If we were to check antibodies earlier, like that would be something we should change in conventional practice so that we can catch it earlier. We can identify, okay, there's an inflammatory response that hasn't damaged the organ to the degree where we can reverse it. Like, now let's make some changes. Yeah. But if you've gone 10 years with this inflammatory response and now you go to the doctor and you've ignored your symptoms, your fatigue, your brain fog, you just say, ah, oh, it's stress, whatever, uh, you know, and then finally it gets to the point where, like, yeah, now your hair is falling out. And so now you go to the doctor and this has been going on for eight to 10 years. Mm-hmm sometimes that end organ damage can't be reversed to where it needs to be. Okay. But you can delay that progression. Totally. You can minimize the need for medications. You can reduce, right? So yes. like, it doesn't take away from the fact that you still need to do all these lifestyle measures. Yes. You absolutely. You'll feel better and you may still require some hormone supplementation, but it could but be it could very be minimal.
0: minimal. And that's not a bad thing. Yes. Yeah. Not a bad thing. Like there's no shame in that. Like some people are in like 10 milligrams of, you know, they're tired. I'm like, that's not bad. Or five. And, yeah, and they're like, but I want to be just, completely yeah, off. And I'm yeah. like, it's okay. So. Exactly.
1: Cool. I know people think like, oh my God, I did something horribly wrong. because yeah. I have to take this. No, yeah. but you're doing everything right. So I look at it, nutrition, mm-hmm. medicine, it's a balancing scale. Totally. So if we can improve nutrition and then reduce medicine, you're right. winning. That's right. it. That's, that's mm-hmm. the end goal. It doesn't mean zero,
0: but it's reduced. Exactly. Is there any last pearls of wisdom that you want to leave listeners with before we uh, log off today?
1: I mean, I think the one thing I'll say is that healing is a marathon, yes, it's not a sprint. I love it's that. Patient, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, like, you just have to be patient. I've been on my own personal healing journey for seven years, and I'm not perfect. You yeah. know, yes. still not. I'm still discovering things, and you're going to have your ups and downs. It's going to wax and wane. You're human. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, you'll that. get
0: there as long as that's your end goal beautiful thank you listeners thank you for listening we'll catch you next week we hope you enjoyed this um and share it with your friends family whoever has autoimmune issues oh i don't know if we mentioned this but there's like over 110 different types of autoimmune diseases that number keeps creeping up you know so you most likely know someone that has an autoimmune disease so so (laughs) share this with them (laughs) all right listeners we'll catch you next week bye Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.